Welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, the editor of wrongfootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football this week. Where am I again? Uh, I have no idea, where are you? I think I'm in my house, but I'm not quite sure. Right, okay, excellent. Um, well, uh, this week we're going to uh, look back over the week that was, week six of the NFL season, a week which uh, saw Aaron Rodgers' season possibly come to an end, uh, and also uh, making our w- picks for week seven's uh, slate of games. Uh, first of all, though, let's have a look through some of the uh, talking points from around the league. Before we do that, how are you doing, G? Okay, you got over your laughing fit. Yes, yes, I, I, I'm fully recovered from that. I'm just, it's been one of those weeks away from the weekend that I'm, I'm not sure really whether I'm coming or going. So this could be an interesting pod for you. Brilliant, yeah, excellent. Uh, well, uh, the first thing we're going to take a look at is uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, at the time of writing this this podcast, I'll be, I'll be, be uh, open with you all, uh, his his suspension had just been reinstated by federal court. Ezekiel Elliott uh, was originally handed a, a six-game suspension uh, back in the off-season for, for violating the league's uh, personal conduct policy, but specific, more specifically, uh, he was accused of five counts of domestic violence during 2016. Uh, the suspension was put on hold when it became clear that Elliott um, was going to be challenging the, uh, the, the rule. Um, and, and this week, a federal court upheld the suspension, um, but then again, then it was it was overturned again this week, wasn't it? Yeah, um, basically, another court said, "No, hang on, suspend this." This, um, and we've sort of been here before with Brady. Um, I yeah. don't know if Ezekiel Elliott is going to keep fighting and fighting and fighting because you know, if you remember back with the whole Deflate Gate saga, there was talk of Brady taking it to the Supreme Court. The problem yes, that Elliot's got is that there's already a precedent because Brady ultimately lost that and had served suspension. At some mm. point, I suspect Ezekiel Elliott is going to have to serve the suspension. I, we just don't know when it is yet. Well, that's it. I mean, it looked it looked at uh, at one point sort of over the weekend. Well, until about last night, I think it was, or this, with full uh, openness recording this on Wednesday. Um, it looked like he was going to be out until the end of November, but now it's yeah, it's been been a little bit pushed back. I mean, obviously we've we've, we've spoken in, in depth about some of the problems um, that, the, that the league faces in terms of conduct of its players. Do you think? Do you really think he he he's, he actually thinks he's going to get this overturned? I'm really not sure because the precedent would seem to say not and the NFLPA uh, seem to be um, stating and almost not disagreeing with what's been said there. They're disagreeing with the conduct of how we've got there and bearing in mind that this is a gentleman who has not been found guilty in a court of law. Now, we know that it's very difficult in issues of domestic violence to get a conviction and it, it just feels like a very messy area and... This is the bone of contention is um, Commissioner Goodell um, and his sort of like behaviour focused, you know, he is the the, the law and conduct commissioner and he's going to crack down on behaviour and they don't like the way he does it. But at the moment, he seems to have um, the, the rules set up in the CBA or the collective bargaining agreement to allow him to do it. And so it feels like there's not a lot they can really do. I mean, they'll keep putting up these fights, but I'm not sure they're going to win yeah. them until they uh, it comes to collective bargaining. And then when it's time for the, to create the new CBA, what are they going to give up for the owners to um, maybe give on this? Because they'll have to, you know, in negotiations, there'll be some kind of quid pro quo. So sadly, I so. think this is not the last that we will be seeing of these sort of things. No, I don't think so. And I mean, I suppose this is probably a good time to mention that uh, Goodell held a, uh, a sit down with some players and, and, uh, and owners in the league, didn't he, this this week? Yeah, and that actually, for once, seems to be a bit more positive. Only 
in that you know the players were invited and they were actually discussed whereas the, the very much so with the conduct and the renewed conduct policy which is the source yeah. of a six game suspension with the first time offence for domestic violence that came out of the debacle of the whole Ray Rice situation um, this one seems to be um, engaged in a process and that could well be because the players have some leverage this time because the owners are worried about their bottom line and what's going on with the protests and they don't have a rule in place to stop people protesting and so the meeting that mm. happened today were, or rather yesterday but the meeting that's going on was focused around what the NFL can do to help players further their agenda now I think what they're planning to do is rather than sitting them down and say, saying right you can't stand you know you can't kneel or you can't prote- protest during the anthem they will say look what if we do this or this or this can you meet us and help us with how we present ourselves to the large portion of fans who don't agree with you and we are willing to put money and investment into your causes now it feels like there's a there's a compromise there somewhere but you know it is kind of canny for for once for the league to be approaching it that way rather than to trying to be authoritarian about it absolutely yeah well going back to back to zeke do you think how, how much of a hit do you think he's going to be to the cowboys when he uh when it when his suspension finally does uh finally does come about i mean he's, he's not been he's not been certainly not been firing on all cylinders this year he's he? not been as strong as he has been last year but losing your starting running back is a pain when you have a really good running back but they've got that prescott and it's hard to tell they have serviceable backups so we should just have to see but it's going to have to take a knock because it's six weeks and and he is a good player and if nothing else, he's a player that um, uh, the, def- the defensive coordinator of the opposition has to plan for. Yeah, I mean that's that's it. It's it's a it's a, it's a funny one for the for the for the Cowboys. I don't I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head who their backup running back is. You see, now you're going to challenge me by saying sorry. Things like that. And, I, I know. I, and, and I, I know I the gentleman's remember. name because he plays for. He was um, on Washington last season. I'm fairly certain. But if you give me a second and, <laughs> and, and cover for me, I, I will dig out the depth chart and find out for you because I'm that I'm, kind of colleague. I mean, I, I would I would start seeing you or something, but I think we'd we'd the few listeners we've got we'd lose. But <laughs> <laughs> isn't it my job to sing badly? But you know, uh, yeah, usually, usually, and then and then uh, give me something to uh, to add on to the end of the podcast. Ah, Alfred Morris, and actually uh. Darren McFadden for that matter. So you know, a couple of competent NFL running backs, if if not particularly inspiring. But you know, I think they could do a job for a few weeks. Yeah, well, well that's it. We're, we're, I suppose we're, at some point we're going to have to see. Um, the second bit of uh, bit of news we're going to we're going to we're going to touch on is uh, yeah, it's a little bit a little bit sadder news. It's uh, it was the news this week that uh, Kevin Cadle, the uh, Sky Sports and NFL presenter from from a few years back, has, has, has sadly died, age sixty two. Um, the cause of death, as we as we speak, hasn't been announced, but he unexpectedly died in the early hours of Monday morning. Um, for me, a lot, a lot obviously. He's a he's a, he's a huge he was a huge part of uh, of the coverage of Sunday nights for for years for me along with Nick Hullin um, and later Neil Reynolds as well he seemed as one of the one of the faces of, of UK NFL um, for his for his for his coverage with with Sky Sports but it's not just that he was a he was a basketball coach he won won the BBL five times coached England and Scotland and the Great Britain teams as well um, and in, in 1998 he was voted one of the 50 most influential sports people in Britain in 1998. He's going to be sadly missed. Um, Neil Reynolds has done a, a, a really, a really touching tribute video. Have you seen that? Yeah, no, I, I have dug it out. I mean, and I've heard there's been much talk about um, about Kevin on some of the podcasts that I listen to, just because obviously I focus on some of the UK stuff as well as well as the bits that come out of America. Yeah. And he was such a large figure for the UK scene. It, it's kind of 
as you said, you touched on the fact that he was a basketball coach and he wasn't just, you know, a basketball. He was by some distance the most successful British basketball coach yes, in, yeah. in domestic competitions. But he was a very warm personality that apparently had time for everybody. Um, clearly, um, Neil Reynolds and any of the team who've worked with him for any length of time... Um, will miss him deeply because he seems to just been a really warm, genuinely friendly guy, but no one seems to have had anything bad to say about. And yeah. it, it's going to be very strange for for those people. And it, I mean, it's been slightly weird for not having him on the TV for the last year or so anyway. I mean, apparently he was very, very good in terms of how he took it. And after um, Neil Reynolds' first night sort of in the host's chair was, was texting him like the following morning, you know, wishing him luck. So there was no animosity there. But it, it it's, he played a big part in, in growing the game over a number of years and Definitely. there's going to be, uh, I believe, a tribute to him at the game at Twickenham this weekend. I'm not sure quite what form that's taking yet, but um, they're definitely taking a moment to acknowledge him and there's been a lot of talk about how the fact that as we continue to this game where we've got three out of four sold out games that he played a significant part in the growth of the game through the years that he was the face of it. Absolutely, yeah. He, he certainly helped to put some put some bums on on the seats in, at, at all, all all of the games that that uh, that are over here. So it's yeah, it's very sad. Have you got any any particular memories of, of him that uh, you can particularly remember? I mean, the one that always he was always very good humoured and very good natured, and um, was was not afraid to demonstrate that he was a Buffalo Bills fan. Big Bills fan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know that was always fun. Although apparently, if he, if he when they were showing the Bills versus Dolphins and trying to um, get Neil and Kevin to, to sort of big it up, they both were sort of not really that into it until the camera went on and then sort of like, yes, yes, we'll do it. But really, they wanted a, wanted a good game rather than necessarily to get one over each other. But yeah, it's just it's just a sad presence that I think will be missed by a lot of people. Certainly will be. It's a, yeah, it, was, it was very sad to, uh, to wake up to on Monday morning. <laughs> Okay, so with week six in the books, uh, let's have a look at some of the uh, the bigger games of the week uh, this week. First one was Thursday night. As always, it was the Color Rush game. It was uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Carolina Panthers. Uh, both teams had lost just once going into uh, this game, so it was always going to be quite a uh, hotly contested one. It finished 28-23 to the Philadelphia Eagles. And the, uh, the the thing that stood out for me was that Panthers Color Rush kit. Did you see that? It was so nice. <laughs> I think you might have commented <laughs> on that, that one before. I know, I, I know that... Um, the other thing, apart from your field goal kicking obsession, is is you do like a good <laughs> colour rush the, uni, the don't you? Colour rush kits, I do. I certainly do. And this, yeah, this one was uh, this one was a particularly nice uh, kit. I, can't, I probably did mention it last year, but uh, yeah, very very much like this one. It was a very back and forth game, wasn't it? Going back to the actual football, it was <laughs> a very back and forth game. Uh, it really, really could have gone either way, I suppose. For me, the, the the main talking point of it was was the, that injury to uh, Luke Keatley, who uh, he went out with concussion. It's it, it's third in, in three years. Yeah, I mean, we've talked before about my worries about him. I'm hearing reports now, and I, I need to dig into it a bit, but there's talk that it's it might actually be a neck injury. But All right. Well, this is what they're discussing, and that he might be okay, but I'm just sit, sat there thinking, how does a neck injury cause concussion-like syndrome yeah. symptoms, and that's what you pulled him out of the game with? So it's I'm, I could be wrong. I'm obviously not a medical doctor, but... Yeah, the, the health status of Luke Keekley worries me just because of the concussions he's had, and he plays a position where it's not like you're they're not going to be knocked to the head. So no, that's it. It's I mean the thing for me that I took away from it was I was incredibly impressed with Carson Wentz and the 
how tough the Eagles played played the Panthers. I was expecting uh, the Panthers' defense to be good because they'd been good all season and their offense was coming together. But the the Eagles' defense, in, in what ended up being a quite close game, I thought that the Eagles had the upper hand for most of it. I did. yeah, I think I think you're right, and it's and once you're absolutely spot on. Once did had, had a good game. I think for me, some of his decision making isn't necessarily the. Uh, the the best. I mean, he's he's he, he, there's, there's the, there was the old occasion where he, he there was there was open players that he could have thrown to. But it, I mean, I suppose everybody sort of suffers from that, really. Yeah, and it feels like he's one of those players who, because he's trying to make a play, will take a couple of risks. And yeah. there's, there's always a there's always a balance line, and we'd say that maybe Jameis Winston is on the wrong side of that yeah, at the moment. Yeah, he is. And he is. I think that Carson Wentz seems to be doing not too bad a job of, of keeping his team in it, given how often they're winning. And he, he, you know, big strong quarterback that's you know fighting to stay up and make passes. And I can see why people are making the um, comparisons to Ben Roethlisberger, but um, mm. it might be a bit early for that. But he's certainly looking very promising. His team seems to be playing well for him and and yeah they got the win in this one they did i mean on the on the other side looking at the other quarterback cam newton was uh, well he was he played running back didn't he he was he got, he got 71 rushing yards during during this game he was the uh, he was the, the leading rusher of the uh, of, of the panthers panthers managed just 9 yards other, other than that uh, all day yeah, I mean, but to be honest, he was sort of very busy all day. Cause he had, he had eleven rush attempts for seventy-one yards, and also completed twenty-eight of get this fifty-two passes. 52. Yeah, he did. It was a, it was a very very busy game for him. Yeah, and I thought, but he looked in places. He looked really really good. Um, and, you know, back towards some of his better form, and he, it was a very slow start to the season for him. But in the last few games, he does it does seem to have come together a bit for him, uh, which is interesting mm. given given Greg Olson's injury status. But he seems to be building a bond um, with his receivers and, and the replacement t- a tight end and it's just a case of the thing that worries me about Cam Newton has always been um, his mechanics and it's not so much um, that you have to be a perfect throwing quarterback you know, if you look at some of some of the um, balls and, and throwing motions that we've had in terms of Peyton Manning and, and, and Philip Rivers who have sort of slightly non-standard releases but have made it work but Cam Newton almost has no footwork and just has such a strong arm that he can get away with ripping stuff but I think he only seems to have two speeds which is the, the, the little you know lobbed on the screen pass or throwing at 100 miles an hour like um, Brett Favre used to do but he didn't he doesn't yeah. seem to have the accuracy of, of, of a Brett Favre and so some but with some of the risk taking so I just wonder what his long-term future is as his body starts to break down from from the hits. Mm. Well, he, he did take a, uh, a bit of time off in the, uh, in the in the preseason, didn't he? he was he didn't? I don't think he took one snap during the uh, the preseason. Well, that was due to his shoulder surgery. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting that when earlier on in the season he was talking about uh, when they were talking about him taking those hits and he was saying you can't you know tell a lion not to roar. I think he feeds off that. So it might just be that the Panthers need to sort of ride his playing style as long as they can and get the most out of him, but. You, it just it doesn't always quite come together for him. But then again, no. he can make just incredible plays where you're sat there going, "Well, okay, that more than makes up for it." Yeah. Quickly before we move on to the uh, the next game, I suppose the, uh, the, the another the other thing when I when I looked after I'd, after I watched the game, I tend to watch the games. Then have, go, go and have a quick look back at the stats. Yeah. I couldn't believe it, it was 126 yards the Eagles got penalised for, and then just one yard for the Panthers. Yes. That, 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 that would appear to be some home officiating, would it not? Uh, very much so, you'd have thought, wouldn't you? But uh, it's, I mean, the, the doesn't it doesn't reflect in the results? No, no. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to. 
this is far back enough because because it's you know like back back on Friday I watched the game. I'm trying to think. I don't remember too much about the penalties, and you know some no, there are some games where um I will get it's to on, like on later flags. with with the Falcons where yeah, but yeah. also it's like there's three or four crucial penalties, and and you know there'll be a bad pass interference and and that, but it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, I think there were some false starts and some other stuff, but I don't remember it sort of screaming at me as I was watching the game. No. Well, we, we both picked the uh, Panthers on this one. We're both, uh, unfortunately, incorrect. Yes. Uh, good thing this week was I didn't didn't lose any more points to you. So, uh, yeah, that's that's not bad. Um, <laughs> I was a little offended on your pick of this next game, though. Um, Dolphins-Falcons. Um, after last week, Dolphins um, were... Well, they were keeping up with the the rest of the AFC East, I suppose. It's uh, and and they've, they've this week they've uh, they they won twenty points to seventeen. Not that you would have thought it was going to be that that way at half time. It was very very much a uh, a game of two halves. Yes, it, it was it, to borrow a football from over here cliche. It was absolutely a game of two halves. <sighs> yeah, it feels a little bit like the Falcons threw this away in the third quarter. Big time, yeah, almost literally. Almost literally, with with you know bungled snaps and a couple of bad penalties, and it, they just seemed to tighten up and panic. And the Dolphins just couldn't get anything going at the start of the game in the first half, and then they got a little bit from JJ, and they managed to get the defense rolling, and for, and the defense yeah. suddenly started playing really, really toughly. And it, it was sort of like I don't want to take away from the Dolphins because it's not like they didn't do the things they needed to do to win this game; otherwise, they wouldn't have won it. But yeah. the Falklands, Falklands, the Falcons, you know, still have this problem of losing leads. It would seem, and they're off to visit the Patriots, who you know might be the start of this, given what happened in the Super Bowl. But how confident do you feel that the Dolphins won that game as opposed to the Falcons sort of fumbling it away? <laughs> there was definitely a bit of both going on. Yeah, I, um, I think that's fair, and I'm just not sure where the balance is. Um, yeah, I think you're right. The good news is that Jay Cutler in the second half seemed to get some things going again. After, Much better. Yeah, but I just you can't have a lot of faith in him. And basically, the reason for my pick: so the Fal- Falcons have just come off a bye. They were at home. The Dolphins didn't play well the week before. The offense hasn't been functioning at all. And I just thought that the Falcons would have enough on on offense to to sort of score the points against the defense and, and win big and and i apologize except for you know maybe my pick was was the interceding factor in the football gods that meant that um your team came back from 17 nil down at half time maybe you can go for the jets this week um, <laughs> <laughs> like you, you mentioned jj earlier he, he he started fantastic he started very well 53 yards in in the first quarter managed to go on to get 130 total yards i think it's his sixth career over a hundred yard game, um, so he's he's doing pretty well, and it's 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 probably the what are we now five games in, probably the second time he's really looked he's really looked good this year. Yeah, but it's one of those things where where I'm I'm not quite sure how much Adam Gase is featuring him at the moment. Last season, do you remember that he'd really featured um, Ajayi yeah. once he came in, and he had like those two two hundred games. Yeah, running games in a row. Yeah, back and to it, back. And it feels like he's got away from that for a bit. And in this game, it sort of woke up to, oh, yeah, we have this running back who's one of those ones that runs better when the more touches he has. And he feeds into the team because he's a big, powerful runner who'll try and knock a defender over rather than duking around him. And I'm just not quite sure what's going on offense. And I'm surprised because I actually have a, quite a lot of faith in Adam Gase. And, mm. and it, it feels like I'm surprised they've had so many problems. But then it's interesting that they went out and, and got Jay Cutler rather than sticking with Matt Moore, who's always seemed a pretty competent um, 
pretty uh, solid. Uh, yeah, pretty yeah, solid quarterback. Pretty solid. And they went and got a player who, okay, he played well with the Bears, but that's like the one exception season, and the man was retired. Yeah, well, it's a, uh, it was it was it was one where, um, like you say, that was both both sides had some had some very good uh, some some very good plays. The the the, the touchdown for the uh, for the for the Falcons that first touchdown, uh, lovely lovely long throw, Matt Ryan to uh, to Hall, who, who only only uh, signed from the practice squad last week. Yeah, uh, they've got. Um, let's get this right. Mohamed Sanu down injured yes. at the moment, so um, yeah, they pulled Hall up from 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 the practice squad, but. It was one of those those ones where the coverage just went wrong, and he basically ran past it straight through. Yes, <laughs> and, and it so was. it looked like a lovely play, but I, I would imagine you were shouting at your secondary a lot at that point. I was, yeah. I mean, it, it looked it looked to me it looked like he'd overthrown it to start yes. with, but it, and then his player uh, appeared. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. But it was it was it was a, it was a nice uh, yeah nice play from them. Mike Pouncey went off at uh, halftime at uh, the Dolphins Centre uh, with concussion. Apparently, he's still in concussion protocol. Uh, as of today, so uh, he's he's going to be certainly a question for the weekend, if not if not a doubt. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to see what happens this weekend. But it was, I mean, the game itself was it was seventeen nothing to uh, to the Falcons at half time. Dolphins came back to win it uh, twenty seventeen, got a field goal with uh, two and a half minutes left in the game, um, and yeah, I, I picked the Dolphins and, and and got the point on that one. Indeed, you did. Um, the uh, the Packers and the Vikings. Now this is an interesting one. My my dad, as I've probably mentioned before, is a big Vikings fan. He was watching this one very carefully. It's always a, a very heated game in the uh, in, in the NFC North. My dad actually did a bit of a write up of this game. It was uh, it was quite nice to uh, to read some of that. All right. Um, yeah, he's uh, he, yeah. The, I mean, the the game itself was it was it was a pretty good one. The uh, Sam Bradford was still out for the Vikings. The major talking point you can't get around uh, the the talking point of this one is that Aaron Rodgers went down. And, and and broke his collarbone, so he's he is out for the for the for the remainder of the season, isn't he? Um, that would seem to be an indication. I mean, they said likely. I, I, you get the feeling they're wondering if maybe they can if they can get to the playoffs, he might be back for that. But yes, it, it certainly is is a long term injury. Yeah, I mean, how much how much pressure is Brett Hundley on? Brett Hundley's the uh, the the replacement quarterback uh, for the for the for the Packers. I don't know because, in a sense, it's almost like you're the backup quarterback. We've been developed, so yes, we expect from you. But equally, there's an element of, of how surprised is he going to be if he doesn't win games. So, yeah. and you don't get to be in the NFL by shying away from pressure and, and, and competition. So, yeah, good point. It, we'll just have to see um, what they can do in terms of game plan and building something for for his skills, as opposed to um, sort of. You know, coming in with a game plan set up for Aaron Rodgers and his particular skill set in moving around and running the team. The problem they had was that there was so much pressure on him from the get-go because the Vikings' new stadium seems to be rapidly becoming one of the better home advantages in the league. And yes. they had more problems with injuries at their tackles. And so there were Vikings players very quickly into that backfield. And yes, he might have uh, held on to the ball a bit long, but as a rookie quarterback, you know, you don't want to give the ball away. And he got hit a few times. Yeah, well, one of the things that my that my dad mentioned during the game was that there was a lot of injuries. He he questioned whether you know this year this year in particular we've seen we've seen quite a lot of a lot of injuries. He, he kind of questioned how much of it can be down to potentially preseason pressures put upon the teams and things like that. See, some of that 
I wonder about it now because we're that we're that far away that they've had some some time time away from the game. But some of the early stuff there was talk about that because the thing that prepares you for football is football, and so so many head coaches were just trying to get to the start of the season to, to be healthy. And so there's a lot of discussion um, if if you're listening to it uh, about what's going on with preseason, what's going on with the, with the league as a whole in terms of the amount of practice they're getting, how prepared they can make their teams, and I think the thing for injuries is more that the players are just getting bigger and faster. It's not like the um, you know the gridiron is getting any smaller. It stayed the same. Yeah. And so there are just more violent collisions. And the thing with um, the Aaron Rodgers injury is that it didn't look that bad when he hit him. It wasn't like a horrendous tackle. I've heard... It was a bit late. Well, he took a step and hit him. Yeah. It wasn't egregious. I could, and I wonder how much is this slowing down the fact that it's Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I, I think a couple of seasons ago we'd have not not thought anything about it, and I don't think we'd have thought anything about it if it hadn't been for um, the fact that Rodgers got injured on the plate. And I, let's talk about him driving into the turf. I didn't particularly see that either. I just saw a, a player hitting a quarterback, and this is football. The problem is that we've lost JJ Watt. We've lost. Uh, um, Odell Beckham and now we've lost Aaron Rodgers and that's like the three three of the sort of marquee faces yeah, the way that yeah. they advertise the game but it's horrible but it's also sort of football and it's just one of those things and and at least it's you know a collarbone and not something horrendous but you know this is mm. sort of what did for um uh, Tony Romo's career was was sort of the collarbone and the back injuries and just hope that Aaron Rodgers comes back and you know is is back to his best as soon as possible well, fingers crossed. Well, going back to the uh, the, the game itself, um, the thing that stri- another thing that's, that struck me for the for the Packers that they only really managed to score off the back of mistakes from the Vikings, didn't they? So it was more it was more Vikings giving them points than, than them scoring. The I quite like the touchdown play. I thought that you know for all the problems that Hunley had, yeah, uh, um, it was a nice little evade pressure and little lob pass for the touchdown that that um showed me something. But yeah, they. They've struggled to get much going against a very good Vikings defense playing in front of a vociferous um, Minnesota t- crowd. They certainly are that. It's uh, yeah, it's very loud whenever you're watching their games. Yeah, no, really. that new stadium really does seem to have been designed to um, highlight the noise they make. And yeah, it, as I said, it, it does seem to be turning into one of the better home advantages um, in the league. And it's home of the Super Bowl this year, so uh, should be a yeah, should be a good a good atmosphere at that one. Yes, I, I would imagine so. Um, look on Treadwell. Um, one one play that particularly stuck out was a, uh, a really nice one-handed catch um, at, at one point. Did you did you catch that one? Did you see that? Yes, yes. No, we saw that game. It was a lovely catch, and actually, he had a bit of a breakout game. He made a few passes, yeah. and, and having not done much last year as as a first year receiver, um, sort, sort of um, in his second year, fifty-one yards and a couple of nice plays, and and one. <laughs> Wonderful crap back block that you're not allowed to do anymore. <laughs> he did get penalised for that, but I'm sure your dad would have enjoyed it for a moment. Well, that's it. I mean, this this the game ended. They, they won anyway, so the, yeah. the game ended 23-10 to the uh, to the Minnesota Vikings. They're uh, the joint top of the uh, of, of the NFC North uh, now, going into into week seven. The uh, I read you the, the the synopsis from my dad of the uh, game. Overall, a deserved win for the Vikings, but I was disturbed by the penalty count on both sides, and in truth. Some glaringly bad calls by on-the-field officials. Interesting. I mean, mm. the, the the thing that the one thing I wanted to pick up towards the end of this was that Case Keenum's a frustrating quarterback because there are there were some lovely placed sort of rainbow 
lobbed passes and then he yeah. just missed simple ones and uh, I think there'll be an interesting dilemma coming up with um, Teddy Bridgewater coming off pup and being able to train it's going to be interesting isn't it yeah and, and it'll be interesting whether any one of Keenum Bridgewater or Bradford can be fit healthy and really drive his team forward but it, they sort of look in the driver's seat in the division at the moment yeah they they really do and, and, with, and with, with Aaron Rodgers out you can't see it going any other way can you really <sighs> Not unless the Lions get things back on track and they really do seem to have fallen off, as we shall probably discuss in a moment. Well, well, that's a good point. Speaking of which, uh, yeah, I, I seamlessly I, I, linking bit, for you, seamlessly. It was brilliant, very good. You can you can come again. Um, <laughs> the uh, you put the Vikings on this one. You uh, you got the uh, got the. the it feels a little bit one. like cheating. I was expecting because I was getting points at home. I was expecting them to cover. Um, yeah, it, it sort of the pick <laughs> gets thrown out of the water a little bit when a quarterback of Aaron yeah. Rodgers' quality goes down. It does a little, does a little. Well, the uh, like you mentioned, the uh, the last game we, uh, we we watched was the uh, the Lions and the Saints, uh, Detroit Lions and the New Orleans Saints. It was the highest scoring game of the week. Um, no fewer than twelve touchdowns throughout this game. Uh, it finished. Uh, 52 points to 38 to the New Orleans Saints. I say there was 12 touchdowns. Four of them were from interceptions or, or fumble returns, and there was a, there was also one 74-yard uh, punt return as well from Jamal Agnew of the, the Lions. Yeah, it was. This was a bizarre game. There was the points scored over the place. Um, defenses that somehow managed to not not too bad whilst still giving up an awful lot of points uh we yeah. saw two interceptions by defensive linemen for touchdowns in the yeah in the end zone so um and i want you to take a, a swing at the saints um tight end who caught a touchdown pass from drew Brees in the third quarter let me let me get his, let me get it up let me uh, just get that information in front of me bear with me one second right <clears throat> You ready? For, you ready for this? I'm ready. His name is Michael. <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. I mean, the, the game itself was. It, looking at the, uh, the the result, it was, it was never really in doubt, was it? They, the, the Saints led really throughout the game. It got a little bit interesting towards the end. Yeah, they led all through the game, and then they got to win with a touchdown. Um, with the first of the defensive lineman interceptions return for a touchdown. But um, then the Saints managed to tuck it away. And actually, having been somewhat mean about the Saints' defence over a number of years, and not without reason, in, in fairness to me, but it might um, cheer Ashley, our Saints Saints fan, who, who we were hearing about because um, we were picked for Lions before this game. But... Um, <laughs> Sorry. I was really impressed by Cameron and Jordan on their defence. He he looks to be a hell of a player, and I'm not quite sure how I haven't picked up on, on his abilities before. Yeah, he finished this game with a, with a pair of sacks, that interception at the end that sealed the game, and was causing all all sorts of pressure. There was so honestly, you know, this is one of my favourite types of sacks where the defensive player just pick, basically drives a tackle straight back into a quarterback and j- doesn't even touch the quarterback, just uses the offensive tackle to to, to sack quarterbacks. So I, I, it's one of my favourite ones. It's like, oh my dear, that that player's just just lost that battle badly. I mean, looking looking at the quarterbacks, you mentioned the quarterbacks there. The, uh, the, the was it was kind of a a tale of two games. Three hundred and twelve yards for, for for Matt Stafford, and just just one hundred and eighty six for Drew Brees. But there was there was a few interceptions, fumbles, and sacks between them, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean Matthew Stafford got the more yards with three hundred and twelve, but equally he threw three interception, was sacked five times, yeah. got three touchdowns, but sort of it was basically down to him to um, drive their team. Whereas the Saints. 
as much as anything, were demonstrating why they didn't need um, Adrian Peterson with Mark Ingram going for 114 yards and Alvin Kamara going for 75. And that, there seemed to be a really nice balance to to the the Saints' offense. And mm. But it didn't seem quite as reliant on Drew Brees, interestingly enough, or at least in this game. Yeah, there was it was it was noticeable that 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 Mark Ingram was kind of was kind of freed up, wasn't it? He, he kind of shone this game. I think basically they didn't need three running backs in a rotation, and so just yeah. splitting carries with with Kamara just gave him a better balance and enabled him to to keep it keep himself in the flow of the game. That's it. Well, uh, we both picked the lines on this one. Both got it uh, got it wrong. Like I say, it was uh, it was the highest scoring game of the week. So it's uh, certainly one to go back and have a, uh, a watch of if you haven't yet. Yeah, that one. it's a really fun game. There are points all over the place. The Lions did look for a minute like they'd get themselves back into it, but the Saints took care of business in the end, and we shall see how they go the rest of the rest of the season. We shall. Right, so let's have a look around the league at the rest of the games uh, of week six. Then the uh, the. Ravens take a, uh, a step back to point five hundred in the AFC North. They were facing the uh, Chicago Bears on Sunday. Uh, finished twenty seven twenty four to uh, to the uh, the Chicago Bears. It was Mitch, uh, Mitchell Trubisky's first career win. Uh, it did go to overtime. There was a forty yard uh, field goal that split the teams, uh, the two teams in the end of this one. And uh, yeah, Jordan Howard stole the show for the uh, for the Bears with one hundred and sixty seven rushing yards. Uh, Cleveland is still without a win going into week seven. They're the only winless team uh, going into into this week. Poor old uh, Cleveland again for the second year running. Um, it was uh, it was thirty three points to seventeen to the Houston Texans on Sunday. Uh, Deshaun Watson had another great day, throwing three touchdowns. Uh, Fourteen of the uh, the Browns seventeen points came in the fourth quarter, so they they, they tried their best to come back, but uh, to no avail. And you do feel like the Browns fans are going to start asking questions as they watch the quarterback that you know potentially they could have had with a draft yeah. pick and and, and beat yeah. them. Again, and, and you just wonder if if, if things are going to fall over for Hugh Jackson and that that management team. You do. Um, one game that was much closer than I personally expected was the uh, the Patriots and the Jets. They uh, they met Sunday in one of the earlier games. Uh, it was twenty four points to seventeen to the New England Patriots. New York Jets uh, started on the front foot, taking a uh, ten point lead, but uh, the Patriots got themselves back into it. Uh, Gronk returned, uh, got himself a couple of uh, of touchdowns. Um, and yeah, some good run defense from the uh, the Patriots, but McCown got plenty of going through the air for the Jets uh, to keep them sort of in, in play, I suppose. Apparently, every quarterback that's faced the Patriots this year is thrown for 300 yards. That's not a stat yeah. you would expect. No, it isn't. Certainly not. Um, the 49ers were three points away from uh, putting their first one in, winning the ball for the year. I was wrong earlier when I said about the, the Browns were the only uh, team going into into week seven without a win. There's also the 49ers. <laughs> they played Washington uh, on, on Sunday. It was 24 points to 26 to the Washington Redskins. Uh, the, uh, they, the 49ers benched Hoyer in the second quarter when they were uh, 14 points down. They did mount a comeback but couldn't quite do it. And the, uh, yeah, the Redskins are now 3-2 and two going into week seven. Uh, Buccaneers. Uh, it was uh, they faced the uh, the Cardinals on uh, on Sunday. Thirty three points to thirty eight was the final score to the Arizona Cardinals. It was a Peterson's uh, first game as a Cardinal. He got himself one hundred and thirty four rushing yards in his debut, which is uh, no mean feat. Did pretty well. But uh, one one thing we did see was James Winston go out of the game uh, in the second quarter with a shoulder injury. Uh, the Cardinals took a thirty one point lead, but the uh, again the, another uh, comeback. This one was the Bucks. Uh, they couldn't quite do enough for the for the win. It was thirty eight thirty three in the end. I could not have been more wrong about Peterson's move to um, the Cardinals. <laughs> I, you know, I could see why they did it. It was worth a punt, but oh boy, I was not expecting maybe to be still able to do that sort of thing. 
Certainly not, no. Well, the uh, the LA Rams and the Jacksonville Jaguars both went into uh, this week at 3-2. and two. The Rams came out on top of this game, 27-17 to the LA Rams. Uh, Leonard Fournette uh, starting to look like uh, quite a player in his rookie season. 130 yards, uh, another 116 in the uh, on, on the ground for Todd Gurley for the uh, LA Rams as well. So, uh, good game for the runners, that one. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, they uh, they picked up their first loss of the season. They were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, it was 19-13 in the end for that one. The first uh, points for Steelers came from a safety, so uh, go back and, uh, and check that out if you haven't already, G. Uh, Le'Veon Bell got a, uh, a massive 179 yards uh, and uh, one of the, the game's three touchdowns. Uh, the result was hardly surprising considering the, uh, the Steelers had 14 more minutes of possession than the, uh, than the Chiefs going back and watching this one. <laughs> and this is an interesting game plan just because the zone defence of the Steelers seemed to really stymie the um, Chiefs offence because the players were watching uh, sort of the area rather than trying to follow all the mm. ball tricks. And yeah, the Steelers just limiting their offence and running the ball lots, which, you know, if you're struggling with Roethlisberger, then rely on Le'Veon Bell. Definitely. It's certainly a nice one to be able to, uh, to rely on. Um, just one point separated the uh, the LA Chargers and the Oakland Raiders on Sunday. Uh, Nick Novak uh, won the game with a kick in the last second of the game for the Chargers. Uh, both teams were on two and four records, and uh, yeah, it was seventeen sixteen to the LA Chargers. Uh, the broken, the incredibly broken New York Giants picked up a surprise win over the uh, the Broncos this week. It was their first win of the season. Uh, it was twenty three points to ten. Uh, maybe they're better without the, some of the big egos. I don't know. Um, but a lack of uh, of rushing game for the uh, the Broncos really hurt them. Uh, despite nearly four hundred yards of passing, uh, yeah, they couldn't get this one done. Twenty three ten to the New York Giants. Another one I could not have been more wrong about. <laughs> exactly. No, I think most people got that one wrong. Uh, and the uh, the Colts uh, played the Titans on on uh, Sunday and sorry Monday wasn't it? It was the Monday night. It's Monday night. Uh, yeah, they were they were actually winning. The Colts were actually winning this one uh, going into the fourth quarter. It finished twenty two thirty six to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Titans scored three fourth quarter touchdowns to get the win, and and they set themselves to point five hundred after the after uh, six games of the season. Mm-hmm. The ball is Right, and G, it's that time of the week where we uh, have a look at what you've been writing about on the blog. Uh, this week you picked on it being a strange season so far. We're only, we're only six weeks in. Um, what, did you, what did you mean by that? Well, basically, no one knows what's going on. Um, we ha- we don't have like a, a legitimately un- unbeaten team other than the Chiefs, and they fell this week. But it feels topsy-turvy. Uh, you know, the Patriots' defence isn't good. And it just... <laughs> With all the stuff we talked mentioned earlier about preseason and training, it just feels like there's a lot of middle of the road teams at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think that goes to the the unpredictability of it goes to show in, in my picks this year. <laughs> that, that's where you're going with that, is it? <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything? Is there anything in particular uh, you plan on looking at uh, next week on the blog? I'm thinking that my life might actually settle down a bit, and so I'm hoping to look at um, what the hell happened with Adrian Peterson on coaching tape this week. It's a good one to look at. I think that will be a, uh, an interesting one to see. Because I'm genuinely well, really surprised by that. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Well, for all of that and uh, much more from G, make sure you stay tuned to the blog. It can be found at thewrongfootball.com. Are you ready for some football? Right, well, like I say, I didn't uh, didn't drop any games this week, which is uh, which was positive for me. But, uh, yeah, I didn't pick any up either. So, there's still an 11-point gap between, uh, between the two. It's 53-42 uh, going into Week 7. So, let's have a look at Week 7's games uh, and make some picks. The uh, the Thursday game is the, uh, the, it's the Raiders and the Chiefs. Uh, the Oakland Raiders uh, are at home and they're given two and a half points. Uh, this is quite an easy pick for me to, the, to go for the Chiefs. I like that 
it looks like the Raiders are picking up Navarro Bowman, having had him released by the 49ers, but that yeah. doesn't do enough for me with the problems they're having on offense. And even though they're at home, I think I'm picking with Chiefs. Certainly, I'm same, same, same here. Um, I'm going to go for the home team in the next game. It's the Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Buffalo are at home. Uh, they they have two and a half points second from them. Uh, I still think they. I think they still think they'll, they'll they'll win by more than that. Yeah, I think um, a lot of UK fans will be willing on the Bills this this weekend in recognition of um, Kevin Cadle's um, fandom. And I think they're the better team this year. I don't know what's going on with the Bucks. Not sure how bad James Winston is injured. And yeah, I I, I would back the Bills to win this one. I was going to say we don't know whether the Winston's going to be playing, so it might be a uh, an interesting one. Might might be Fitz tragic in under uh, under centre. Um, the Chicago Bears and the Carolina Panthers. Um, it was th- it's three and a half points given to the Bears. That's uh, not enough. Not enough for me. Yeah, we've got a little run of home underdogs here. Yeah, but it's not enough for me either because I was impressed by the Panthers and so was I. Yeah, I mean Trubisky is okay, but I just can't see the Panthers' defense giving up the same amount of running yards. No, no, that's it. Well, I'm I'm going to go for the uh, for the Panthers on, on on this one. I don't think uh, Trubisky's going to going to pull out his second win this week. Um, the Titans and the Browns. It's five and a half points given to the Browns. Browns are at home. Do you think they'll uh, they're going to pick up their first win this week? I don't. No. I am wondering if they might cover this line though. Yeah, I'm just sort with of thinking Mariota's injury, it just yeah. it's just in that sweet spot of oh, home underdog maybe. Titans don't look that great. No. Um with five and a half points is yeah, I, I think they'll cover. Um, the Packers Saints, uh, the Packers are at home without Aaron Rodgers. They're given five and a half points. Uh, New Orleans was scoring for fun on on Sunday. I think they're. I'm going to pick the Saints. I think I'm leaning Saints because, uh, it, it, as much as Brett Hunley, you know, there's a lot of questions about him. There's awful lot of questions about that Green, uh, Green Bay line. And having seen Cameron Jordan, what he's capable of, I think he could have a field day in this one. Yeah, I think he will. I think this is going to be a. Yeah, I think it might be a good game, but. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think I'm going to go for the uh, the Saints mm-hmm. on that one. Um, another home underdog, uh, the Colts and the Jaguars. I mean, uh, what are they though? To be fair, the Colts and the Jaguars. Uh, Colts are at home. Uh, two and a half points given to the Colts. Jaguars are only three and three. They've not looked fantastic, but given how the Colts have looked, I think I'm probably still going to go Jags. Well, here's the thing. According to the way Jags win at the moment, it is it has to be every other week and it has to be on the road. They're on the road ah. with the Colts, so maybe Jags win. What what did that current what they did last week? What have I just said that they did last week? They lost last week. Ah, well, there you go then. There you go. Well, that's that's sealed out then. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cardinals and the Rams. Uh, the Rams are surprisingly four and two. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have thought they'd be uh, they'd be at that at this at this stage of the season. Uh, and the Cardinals are only three and three, three and a half points. Uh, given to the Cardinals, oh, that's you can tell. To be fair, looking at the uh, the split of of how uh, of how people have, have picked this so far, you can tell how close this one's going to be. Yeah, uh, this is our London game this week. Yeah, and I'm not sure how that's going to affect them travelling. It's not like um, with the Jaguars where you know that they're used to it. Um, mm. A young coach in the Rams, the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, the tricky thing for me about the Cardinals is I don't know if last week's repeatable or whether or how long Peterson can keep it up. So three and a half points. I, I feel this is a really tricky line to pick. Um, it really is. Which is why I'm guessing why it's fifty-fifty. Um, yeah. 
I feel like maybe the Cardinals, but I'm worried that that's my Bruce Arians love showing for it. I'm going Rams. I think I'm going Rams. I'm really not sure. I think I'm going to have to study mm. that game very closely because I, I don't have a solid feel for this one at all. Yeah, and I completely forgot that was the London game because it's kicking off at 6 o'clock, yes. which is uh, unusual now for uh, for London. It doesn't games, work as well for, for, for us as well because it's, it it's harder for um, families to take the kids down. Um, you know, It's always a long day, but it's a very late finish for anybody who isn't London and staying over. And yeah, it, yeah. It's, we prefer the earlier games, but there's some talk about whether it gets enough crowds or it's too much football over in the States. So I think they're very deliberately looking at, at the times and, and what figures they get. I'm not bothered. More more early games for us, please, <laughs> over here. Um, this game, this next game is one that is uh, a lot closer than, than it probably would have been a couple of weeks ago. The Dolphins and the Jets. Clearly, I'm going to go for the Dolphins. Two and a half points given to the, to the, uh, the, the, the Jets. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, this would have been, bearing in mind that the, the Jets beat the Dolphins 20 points to six uh, in week three, this wouldn't have been anywhere near as close as that, would it? No. And... I really don't know what to do with this game because I have a rough idea of what the Jets are doing at the moment. I just mm. don't know how to pick your Dolphins at all. <laughs> and this line doesn't help me either because it, it, no. it, it's you know a slight advantage to the Jets with with a traditional three points for a home team. But you, your guys don't have much of a home advantage, it feels to me. Not really. And No, we haven't. It depends which Dolphins team turns up. The winning one. Yeah, what if I pick the Jets for you? Just, just, just for, for you. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, last time, last it worked last week, so uh, yeah, we'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, Vikings and the Ravens, five and five and a half points given to the uh, to the Ravens on this. I'm still going to go Vikings personally. Yeah, I'm tempted by Vikings just because the Ravens. I wasn't convinced that they were back when they beat the, the Raiders, and yeah, the Raiders' defense is not good and. Yeah, things just don't seem to be right with the Ravens, so uh, I have a lot more faith in the Vikings at the moment. Hmm. Um, on to the later games, uh, the Cowboys and the 49ers. 49ers are given, uh, well, best part of a touchdown. Uh, are they going to pick up their first win? I don't know if they're going to pick up their first win, but I do kind of fancy them to cover this line because that's all they've done this season. Yeah, well, Cowboys fresh off the uh, fresh off the, the off a of, off of bye. Yeah, but San Francisco 49ers at home, home underdog. Home underdogs have been quite good to me this this season, and I I, I kind well, of like 49ers week, in this one. Yeah, this should be a good week for you then. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bengals and the Steelers, your game, always a juicy game. Always, yes, yes, like yes. Uh, you know, the usual thing of seeing if Burfitt can actually, you know, make it through the game without getting thrown out yeah. or you know suspended afterwards. Um, Fingers crossed. Uh, well, you, you give them five and a half points. I kind of fancy us to cover this. Um, I think it'll be competitive and close because it usually is. Every now and again, one yeah. isn't, but more often than not, it's a close game. And I, I like the Bengals' defense and. I think they will be able to keep them in the game because I'm still not convinced by um, the Steelers' offense is quite firing yet. And if they're just going to run the ball that many times, then hopefully the Bengals can do a job. Yeah, well, you, like like you say, regardless, usually regardless of how the rest of the season's gone, this is a this is a, a close game between the two. So yeah, I think I'm going to go for you to cover it as well. Um, Broncos and LA Chargers. This is a close one. Well, it's a close one in terms of in terms of points. So the the uh, the, the Broncos are given a point and a half, uh, which is that seems seems very strange. I think the Broncos are given a point over the Chargers. Um, 
I don't know what we'll need to research what's going on with the Broncos quarterbacks because that will have yeah. a big big effect. The Chargers have got a couple of wins now, but it, I don't know if they're going to be able to move the ball on this Broncos mm. defense. Um, but they are at home, and that seem, doesn't seem to be much of an advantage for the Chargers because they can't seem to fill even the small stadium. And I think. I'm really not sure. I'm going to have to like do my full digging process on this one. I think I'm leaning Broncos, but not confidently. That's it. I think I'm I'm sort of the same, to be honest, but I want to know what's going on with their quarterbacks before I make a full decision. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the Giants and the Seahawks. Giants picked up their first win uh, in week six. They're given five and a half points in this one. Um, I'm... I don't think that's going to be enough. I'm, I'm going to go for the, for the Seahawks. I think I agree with you. Um, I definitely agree if the, the um, if if it was reversed and it was being held in Seattle, but I think the line would be different. Um, I don't trust the Seahawks' offense much at all, and their defense has not been quite up to its usual stellar standards. But I think they've got too much for the Giants. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go Seahawks. Um, late game on Sunday, Falcons Patriots uh, replay of of last year's Super Bowl. Uh, three and a half points given to the uh, given to the Falcons. Uh, think I'm leaning Patriots just after what happened to the Falcons but I'm sure they'll be looking for revenge but I just wonder if the Falcons might sneaky cover just because of the way the um, Patriots defence is playing mm, maybe maybe I, I'm I'm not sure I don't want to I don't want to say either way I don't think yet <laughs> I'm not prepared to make a uh, make a choice I'll, I'll, I'll do that in the uh, in the week um, <laughs> And then uh, Monday night, it's the, uh, the final game of the week. is the Redskins and the Eagles. Uh, the other, the other half, I suppose, of the uh, of the. I'm really uh, looking forward to this game. Four and a half points to the to the Redskins. I'm kind of tempted to pick Washington to cover. Yeah, yeah. They've been they've been pretty good on defense. I think this will be a really good game. I think we should watch this one. <laughs> um, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, but but I think but given how Carson Wentz has been and how how well they've been playing. Oh, I can see the Eagles winning. It's right on that edge of line of uh, uh, of will Washington keep it keep it close? Will the Eagles win? And I don't think I can see past the Eagles. Fair enough. I, I I'm I, I'm hedging at the moment. I think I might be leaning Washington, but we shall see. Get off the fence. I like it on the <laughs> fence. I'm a bleeding heart liberal lefty. The fence is comfortable <laughs> and where I belong to be. <laughs> I felt that one way up here. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks very much for listening. If you've liked what you've heard, as always, please do remember to give us a like, a subscribe, and a review through whatever medium you procure your podcast. It really does help us to uh, get into many as many ears as we possibly can. Uh, we'll be back next week for, uh, to cast our eye over the action of Week 7 and also to uh, make our own picks for Week 8 when the NFL makes its final stop in London uh, for the Vikings and the Browns at Twickenham. Uh, in the meantime, uh, make sure you check out thewrongfootball.com uh, for more from the mind of G and Remember, if you want to get in touch with us, you can either drop us an email to tdrfpodcast at outlook.com or find either G or myself on Twitter at wrongfootball or at tdrfdan. Thanks very much for listening and we'll see you again next week. Go Bills!